Today's devotion is taken from Psalm 51, the entire chapter. It tells uh, about how David asked for forgiveness for the sin that he committed. David had uh, sinned with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. He had seen her bathing on the top of her building, and instead of looking away, he lusted after her. And he had her brought to his palace where he committed adultery with her. And uh, Bathsheba was a married woman married to Uriah. Well, when David committed adultery with her, she also got pregnant. But soon, uh, Uriah, her husband, came home from the battle. And David had said, I want you to send Uriah back out onto the battle, and I want you to put him in the front lines because he wanted Uriah to be killed. And he thought he could cover up his sin more. But then Nathan the prophet comes to him, and he tells David that he knew what David had done. David had not only committed adultery, but he had sent Uriah to the front lines to be killed, and Uriah was killed. So David was also a murderer. He had done some terrible things. Then God said that because of what they'd done, the baby would not live. And the baby that Bathsheba had died shortly after it was born. Uh, this doesn't go with the story, but that... Um, David does end up marrying Bathsheba after her husband was killed. And they have another child, which is named Solomon. And we know who Solomon is. Solomon ends up being king over the entire uh, area of Israel. But David, after he was confronted with Nathan, he felt terrible. And he realized how terrible his sin was that he had done. He had betrayed God. He betrayed people. He had done terrible things. But there is a reason that David is called a man after God's own heart. David sinned more than once. But he always knew to go back to God and allow God to forgive him of his sins. I think people today... A lot of times forget that they can turn back to God. People think, I, I've, I've sinned so much. What can I do? There's no way for me to go back to God. But when you look through the scripture, David was an adulterer and he was a murderer, and yet he was king. When you look at Moses, Moses was a murderer. And we, we, look, at, you know, we look at Abraham. He lied twice about his wife and called her his sister. And we can go on and on in the scripture and see that human frailties are within people. But when we know that we can turn back to God, God is there to forgive. We are given, according to 1 John, we are given an advocate. And that is Jesus Christ. But I want us to read what David has to say here about how he repents. And maybe we need to uh, pray more like David prayed. And so we'll start with Psalm 51, verse 1, work our way down. It says, 
Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out, blot out my transgressions. And if you listen to him, first thing he says is, have mercy on me. I think a lot of times people rationalize their own sins and don't think they're too bad, and we don't ask God for mercy. But we should ask God for mercy because we are fallible people. As, us as humans, we are very needy people. We are in need of God. Let me go on verse 2. He says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He wants to be cleansed completely. He doesn't want God to leave any of that sin within him. He wants it completely cleaned out. Verse 3 says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. You see, David didn't try to hide from his sin. He acknowledged, Lord, I am a sinner. Here, I've done these terrible things. I've talked to people, and they say, I can't tell God some of these things I've done because they're so terrible. I can't speak the words. But God already knows what we've done. He knows who we are. And he wants us to come to him and confess our sins and ask for forgiveness. And the scripture says that he will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to make us righteous. That's who he is. He wants us to come. God is not standing there with a great big club ready to hit us over the head. He wants us to come to him because as soon as we come to him, he comes running to us too. Verse 4. Against the, the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Against thee have I sinned. He had done these things. He had hurt people. He had hurt his family. He had hurt his friends. He had hurt other people that he, we didn't even hardly know. But who he really hurt was God because of what he had sinned against God. Verse 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. Iniquity is, is another way of saying sin, but it means more than that. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. All he's saying here is, look, I was born with sin already. A lot of the world thinks that we are born without sin, and that uh, until you commit sin, you're a sinless person. But David clears that up here in chapter 51. He lets us know that we are born into sin. We are Because of Adam and Eve, we are born into sin. And then verse 6, I mean, he says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. God does desire truth in the inward parts. He wants us from the inside out. We have to have it within our heart, within our being, our soul. That's who we have to, we have to be just consumed with truth. If And there's only one truth in the world. People say, well, I have this truth, I have that truth. There is only one truth, and that truth is Jesus Christ. If we don't let him consume us from the inside out, we have nothing. People try to be righteous on the outside, but really, they, they you can't be righteous. You can do good acts, 
But that doesn't make you righteous. You are only righteous when Jesus Christ imputes his righteousness upon you. When he takes his righteousness and lays it upon our dirty rags. Because we can't be righteous of ourselves. Only God is righteous. Jesus is the only one. He wants us to have his righteousness and he lays it on us. Let's keep going here. Let's see. Verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Hyssop is a medicinal uh, herb people use. is used to make medicines. And it's also used in re religious uh, activities. So he's saying, make, just clean me up. Make me completely clean. Make me all completely white. The idea of being white is so that you can see no spots, no sin within me. Make me completely righteous. Make me completely holy. Verse 8. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Sometimes he has to break us, doesn't he? He has to break us and remold us into the way he wants us to be. He, I, we are only happy when we are the person God wants us to be. Verse 9. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Look how sorrowful he is. He's saying, look, Lord, I, I'm coming to you. Here's my sins. Get rid of them for me. I don't want them anymore. A lot of us want to hold on to our sins and, and ask forgiveness at the, same, at the same time. We can't do that. We have to ask forgiveness and let go of them and let him clean us completely up. But look at verse 10. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He knew that his heart, his soul, in other words, was not going the right way. It was a dirty soul. It's what caused him to commit adultery and what caused him to murder Uriah. But then he goes on after, he said, Lord, clean up my heart, but also give me a new spirit within me. Let, let me not be a kind of person that wants to do these kind of things. Let my desire be after you. Clean me up. Give me a right spirit. And verse 11 says, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He knew that's what he deserved, was to be cast away from God for what he'd done. He had done such terrible things. He knew, I don't deserve to be with the Lord. But he's saying, cast me not away. We need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I messed up. Hold me and keep me. Clean me up and make me who you want me to be. Verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. There is a joy in serving the Lord. You can tell when someone that has served the Lord has walked away from God. They're, they're, it's not happiness, but there's no joy within them. Happiness and joy are two different things. And joy is a deep thing. A happiness is a fleeting emotion. Joy is something you can have inside in the midst of terrible things happening in your life. And we want that joy of the salvation God can give to us. Verse 13 says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. When, when you've cleaned me all up and got rid of all these old ways that I have, then, then I'll be able to tell people about you, and they will turn their life to you. And verse 14 says, 
Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. You see, we we gotta we owe a sin debt to well we owe a sin debt to God, but it was paid by Jesus Christ. We could never pay it because we are not we're not able to pay the sin debt. We are born into sin, as he said. But Jesus Christ came here and paid our debt. He paid the debt we owe to the Father. Only he could have paid it, but he paid our debt because we couldn't do it. Verse 15, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. You know, you'll only praise once you're cleaned up. You won't have any trouble praising the Lord. You know, some people, they struggle to raise their hands and to give God the praise. It's because they're not where God wants them to be. Verse 16 says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. See, in the Old Testament, people want to tell you that everybody was saved by the sacrifices of the bulls and the goats and the turtle doves. It, those, the sacrificing of those animals in the Old Testament never saved one person. That was part of the obedience. It, it, we have always, always been saved by faith. From the beginning until the end, it will always be by faith. And the sacrificing of the animals in the Old Testament was the obedience. The obedience today is us serving God according to how he wants us to do. That's what we need to do, and we should want to do that if our heart is in the right place. Verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. And that's what we need is a, is a contrite spirit. A contrite spirit means a broken spirit, a crushed or broken spirit. Do we come to God thinking, God, you have to save me? You have to do this for me. Or do we come to him on our knees saying, Lord, please forgive me. Are we like David saying, please forgive me my sins. I want to serve you. Because he doesn't owe us anything. And we owe everything to him. In verse 18, do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. He's just talking about uh, building Jerusalem up and about where he's going to uh, have the seat of his people. And then he says in verse 19, he says, Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. In other words, when the people are all cleaned up, when their lives are where you want them to be, they can offer these sacrifices and you will be happy with it. But when their lives are not where they want to be, you don't want these sacrifices from the people. We are told today over in Romans, I think it's Romans 8 and 1, that we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And that's who we, in the Old Testament, they offered sacrifices that they killed and put on the altar. But nowadays, in the New Testament that we live in, we have to offer living sacrifices. We are the living sacrifice that we have to get on the altar alive and we have to stay on the altar. But the problem is too many people crawl off of the altar. We have to keep ourselves on the altar where the Lord truly wants us to be. 
This is the end of our devotion for today. Have a great day. Bye.